Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and let's get started. We are welcoming back for this episode, Chess Britt. And we're going to tap into the emotional intelligence, the source of the emotional intelligence that guided him in his role as a key playmaker behind the scenes in the administrative uh, running the administrative wing of a huge marketing organization, and he was chief marketing organization. And not only did this small company explode to amazing growth throughout his career, he has retired now, but the culture that he helped create is continuing to compound. I just, I, I would be remiss not to point out that now they are over. They went from a nothing company, and now they're over a hundred billion of insurance, uh, life insurance, in force. A hundred billion of cash compensation paid out to their sales force. There's a hundred. They've just got over a hundred million dollar uh, earners, and. Uh, he can't take all the credit. He wouldn't take uh, any of the credit, but Chess Britt was a big key of creating the culture and the mentality at the administrative back office headquarters that allowed this organization to flourish and to continue to flourish. You know, the test is not just how, it, how well things do while you're there but how well they do after you leave. What kind of shape is that company in, that team, that organization in after you leave? Is it a house of cards or is it solid as a rock and will it continue to flourish? And those of us that are building companies, that are raising families, are extremely focused on setting things in place that can go on for generations and generations. And that's why the whole idea of seeking wisdom, because wisdom drives consistency. Consistency drives emotional intelligence. And uh, Chesbrit's probably one of the greatest living examples of using those things in his career to make magic happen for himself and others. So welcome back, Chesbrit. Would you say that Along the way, you picked up some particular advice that, that, that was passed on to you that was absolutely the worst advice you, that you could possibly get? You know, that, that's an interesting question. <laughs> and you, so, don't have to give the, you don't have to give the name. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, you know, I work with people who uh, uh, at times were more interested in you don't in work there their... anymore you don't have you don't work there anymore you don't have to protect their feelings anymore <laughs> you're not but, going to you're not going but, down the hall where they're gonna they're gonna catch you for this so you gotta you gotta kind of let yourself breathe a little bit here chess <laughs> plus if they're giving bad advice they need to know yeah tell about it yeah plus if they're giving bad advice chess they need to know about it yeah well right I always thought bad advice when somebody was only interested in serving their self-interest. Okay. And that, and that I never liked to be around somebody that put their self-interest above the team. 
you know, let, you know that that I was responsible for meetings, okay, and that that um, what yeah. you were trying we're to about, what, what we were talking about is meetings like fifty thousand people, forty thousand yeah. people, things yeah, like, yeah. meetings like that. Yeah, yeah, it could be it could be anywhere from ten people to fifty thousand people, okay. Yeah, and that um, you know uh, uh, what you tried to accomplish at that meeting, you wanted to move the team. Okay, and then right. you know, at times, you know that uh, you had people making decisions on what was going to happen at that meeting, and it was an opportunity to showcase themselves versus, you know, motivate the team, get the team fired up, and so that's a that that that's a small example, but you could take it through, uh, you know, you know, all sorts of things that happen within a company, and so, uh, you know, I grew up playing team sports, you know. I'm a team, you know, I always considered myself a team first person and, and, uh, whenever anybody was taking the, the company resources and we're using those resources to, uh, make them look better versus the team look better, you know, those kind of things always irritated me. You never really lined up with how I thought you ought to run a company. And, uh, when, we, you're in the middle of these things. I mean, you got to do things. You got to have things. You know, when you show up, start a month, start a week with yourself. I imagine you you had patterns of success that you settled into. Like people want to know what what did you do? You know, how did you, uh, you know, how did you get yourself that consistency, that performance? Get in the position, climb the ladder, uh, and then stay in there. They're all the same things, but like. Running teams, what what would you be doing to uh, make that thing happen? If you had a like to do list of uh, you know how organized were you about uh, all of these different aspects and all these different jobs? Uh, I did like to make lists, okay, and so I always like to have on my list the things that uh, that had to be done. I had another list that was the things I needed to think about and decide whether or not we needed to do these things. But the most important thing that I did that I think really helped me was, you know, I knew the mornings were my best time of the day. Okay. And so I always looked at that to do list and I looked at the thing that was that I would try to identify the thing that was the most important thing to get done. And if I could get that done, it would make the biggest impact on the company. So that was one of the habits that I had. And I really, I really developed it later in my career, but it was probably one of the most impactful things that, uh, that I ever did, Larry, because you, you know, if you come in and your most, your most valuable time is the morning and you're diddling around on the computer or you're, or you're doing some non, productive thing even if it's something that needs to be done you know i i never read emails in the morning whenever i was at my best you know i was coming in and attacking the most major problem and you could read emails you know when you will slap war out in the evening and just answer them and say hey you know let's discuss give me a call and and so and so i think you got to be smart about how you use your time and you better attack the thing that's going to get you the biggest results and not spend all your time on things that don't matter that was one of the things that always you know if you had people uh that you work for or you work with who were spending all of their time on things that didn't matter 
you know, I just drive me crazy. Well, you know, there's uh, a lot of this comes, you know, of finding answers that work for you come from uh, your title, like seeking to be wise. You're not saying you're wise, you're, you're, you're seeking wisdom. And I also, at a young age, uh, when I turned 21, that story that you, we were talking earlier today about Solomon, and uh, he was uh, given the choice of all the things in the world he could have, and he, he asked for wisdom. And I actually did that, you know, I, <clears throat> that was my focus when I was 21 years old. That kind of came, and that informed, I won't talk about it, but that informed a lot of my decisions and a lot uh, at that age. And, like, you know, you get, you get presents and, and everything when you're 21 years old, and people, if you, if, you got family and friends and they, that, you know, so matter what, what do you do with those things? Do you run out party and, and have a good time? Or do you, do you invest those things and, and uh, thinking about your future? But right from the beginning, I had that same thought in my mind. So this idea of focusing on wisdom will pay off in every area of your life. And so that's what you told, that's, that's what you chose for your, your title. And you want to speak about that and tell people as we wrap this thing up, tell them about the book and uh, uh, why you feel like this can be a life changer for them. Yeah. And so, and so Larry, I really do believe that my edge wasn't that I was the smartest guy in the room. Uh, and I don't believe my edge was that I was the most talented guy in the room. And I certainly wasn't the best communicator in the room, but, but, but I always felt like, I always felt like that my edge was, I could sit in a room with people who are a whole lot smarter than me and a whole lot talented than me, but that for whatever reason, I could, I could, I could go toe to toe with them on creative solutions and coming up with the ideas and things we needed to be done. And so when I reflected on my life, I didn't set out to write a book. You know, uh, I was reflecting on why I had success in life. And when I reflected back on it, I came to the conclusion because, uh, because I always sought wisdom and always sought to figure out what was the best decision to make and always tried to understand what my actions and how it impacted others. No, I didn't. You know, I made every mistake known to man, but at the end of the day, I always learned from my mistakes and tried to get better. So, uh, so I did, in fact, uh, began, I just sat down one morning and started uh, putting some thoughts down in, in a handwritten form. And, and uh, and it led to a book. And I believe that if you if you read the book, uh, the book's not to tell you how to live. It's not to tell you what to believe, but it's to give you things to think about. And and I do believe what you said earlier, Larry. It's not. I didn't write about the things. You now I've read a thousand books plus in my life, and I didn't write about the things that I've uh, that uh, that other people said you needed to go do. If it wasn't something that I had tested in my life and it had, and I'd read benefits about it, I didn't write about it. And uh, and every one of the topics that I cover, uh, I tell the little story that actually got me uh, to uh, work on whether or not I thought this was a belief I wanted to live by. And so, and so I really do, Larry. I'm getting positive feedback on the book. I'm 
super encouraged by that. People who know me are saying positive things about the book and the people from the outside who don't know me. Uh, so far, the reviews that I've read have all been positive. And so what I want to do, it's not about selling books so much. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, I do, ha I do believe there's a message in the book that's a good positive message and that uh, it can help others leave a better lead a live a better life and so uh, I'd encourage folks to buy the book and uh, uh, and share it with others and uh, hopefully the lessons that I've learned will help you learn what life's teaching you yeah I'm glad you wrote the book I want more books to be written you know from people who actually know what they're talking about the the it's glutted out there with people who kind of know what they're talking about. They can make it sound like they know what they're talking about, but they have no clue what they're talking about. And you got people on the way up can't tell the difference. And yeah. so that's the reason for the podcast. That's the reason I wrote my book, Serial Winner. And uh, I just want more and more of the of books. because, Folks, it's a pain in the butt to write a book. I'll tell you, and you don't make any money writing a book. For, if, if Amen. y'all are <laughs> Any of y'all are stupid enough to think I'm gonna write a book and make millions? You better go out and create. You better go out and commit some kind of heinous crime before you do it. You know. Now that is the truth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You you need to do something really wicked so you could be and, and so people will want to read all about it. You know, bad bad news sells. <laughs> so you better get. You better let yourself go right down the toilet and do something wicked and then if they write your book uh, yeah. if you want to make money at it. And uh, it probably won't do you any good because you'll probably be in prison. But, uh, you know, people who know what they're talking about don't have time to write books like this. It's just not our world. And I got into it because of a, a health situation shut me down. You got into it because you retired. And uh, by the way, I bounced back from the health problem, but it was only a 12 year delay. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the thing is, you know, you take advantage, you write these these things. But we, the, the success of our country depends on the operating principles in the heads of the people that are moving up the ladder now. And it's important that they got got some wisdom as their operating principles. So uh, let's. Let's uh, wrap this thing up. You want to, uh, Adam? You want to give a final word? Yeah, Chess. Great for you to be on today, man. Uh, you made some giant uh, starting at the bottom, going to the top. It's a great book for a lot of people to read. A lot of insight. Uh, a lot of times, people aren't this time of uh, the year with everything going on. A lot of free time to for a lot of people at home to be reading books. This is definitely a good one to get and. Uh, we appreciate you putting that down and being on because people need to hear, like you said, from people that have actually lived a successful life to learn from their mistakes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Adam. And you know, what I heard, Adam, from the book is that, uh, you know, the thing, things you need to know uh, that can make a difference. You don't have to have a thousand things in your head, but if you just got, you know, right off the bat, you know, seek to be a person of influence. 
you know, if you're a person of influence, chances are you're going to probably be pretty successful. You're probably going to climb the ladder. You're probably going to make uh, uh, above average income and maybe a lot of money because you're you're a difference maker, you know, and, and seek for that. You know, have some kind of proper ambition. Don't apologize uh, for your ambition. You know, try you know, put yourself out there in the right kind of way, not to elbow everybody else to the back, but, but, you know, let your, your, it's biblical. You're supposed to let your light shine. You know, you're here for a purpose. You got talents, uh, get them out there and try and make a difference with what you can offer to the world. And what you'll find is the more you go, uh, the bigger your influence and the, the more you'll find out what's inside you and what you're capable of. So you got to get started. You got to uh, uh, have a good foundation and you got to be unapologetic about wanting to make a difference and be that person of influence. And so there's just some simple things that you can get in your head that will make you right off the bat uh, be stronger, uh, be different than other people that are just trying to get through the day, just trying to uh, shuffle their feet through uh, to get to Friday where they can get a paycheck and spend all their money. They're not really trying to make a difference. They're not really thinking long-term. Uh, you know, these are the kind of thoughts that can tr make you stand out. And so, Chess, I want to give you uh, uh, the final word here to lead people with. And so, Larry, I think what both you and Adam said was so well said. I'll leave you with this. Seek to be wise and see if it doesn't change your life. There you go. Hey, thanks so much, Chess. All right, Larry, you're the best. Appreciate you and Adam. Thanks for having All me. All right, on. thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind with me, Larry Wydell. If I've helped you in any way, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For more information like this, listen to our other Million Dollar Mastermind episodes and check out my Wydell Academy YouTube channel and visit us on WydellOnWinning.com. I'm the Million Dollar Mastermind, and until next time, go, go, go.